Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole edition 129 with Thomas Sokowitz once again. Welcome. Thomas in the house. What's up, dude? Yes. Hey, what's going on? The magic of technology. Quite a bit, actually. I think we just ended a uh, galactic po activation portal kind of sequence in the Mayan situation. Uh, we've entered Leo season officially. Um, all sorts of things are going on. But this is the 129th episode, and for the Major Arcana correlate, that is going to be The Hanged Man. <laughs> I now surrender, thy will be done. And my god, I'm feeling this personally in my own life. Uh, the Hanged Man is saying, surrendering to the unknown, sacrificing your idea of power, allowing the pause to give you perspective, and attainment of the tiger self and enlightenment are within reach, which is hopeful, I guess. I don't even know what the tiger self would be. But, uh, Raphael, what is the Galactic Heritage card for this episode? Yeah, Thomas, just kindly mute yourself uh, when you know you're not talking for some time, just so we make sure we have no additional feedback, though your microphone is very well attuned. Thank you. So, in this case, we got the 12. However, in this counting I'm doing now with the Galactic Heritage cards, we arrive at 21. Vega, self-sacrifice, past timeline. The ancient vegan spirit was one of selflessness. Vegans were known to give their lives for others as a gesture, gesture of extreme love and compassion and in support of a community. However, it could sometimes be taken too far, as when self-sacrifice hurts the self so much that the person cannot remain strong and healthy in order to continue to be of service. This is a deep karmic pattern that many people have. Examine your patterns of self-sacrifice and learn what level is appropriate and when it becomes self-sabotage. Take care of yourself as you would a precious gift, and then you can give more to others. Here, here. So, Thomas, between what I said with the hangman and that vegan uh, card, is anything hitting you in any cool spot synchronistically or otherwise? Yeah, totally. And uh, first of all, I want to say... It, it, I'd uh, apologize about the tech stuff. I, I figured out now uh, exactly what was going on. I have, um, I didn't have the, the thing scrolled down to where I could see my name and whether it's on or off. And, and now I can keep the whole thing monitored. So um, he knows Kung Fu go. now. Yeah, it's all I good. Now you see the code. Uh, now I see the code. It can be played with. Um, yeah, so definitely some really cool stuff in in alignment, especially with uh, the the hangman there. So we are approaching uh, this weekend. You know, we're definitely already feeling this, dolphinately, as y'all like to say, which I, I love that by the way. Um, we are we are in the midst of approaching this Neptune square Venus, and oh joy. We also, Yes, we have. Uh, we also have Jupiter, which is sextiling to Venus, and or uh, sorry, Neptune. So it's tons of this Neptunian energy, right? Which, of course, has just like every other energy, has its uh, beautiful blessings and its gifts, and also its shadow sides as well. And the square, of course, is literally about 
releasing something to the void, releasing something to the gods, releasing something to the heavens. It's just that idea of like taking this thing that we've been kind of like tumbling over and over again in our mind because it's square square to Gemini. So Venus is up there in Gemini, which uh, Jim, I know you're super familiar with, of course, um, being a Gemini. And it's just like this, there's something that we are feeling that we want to understand or to connect to or to really embrace with this Venus energy there. Of course, it could be something to do with money or self-worth or some sort of new project or something in these themes. And uh, it's asking for us to kind of... It, as stereotypical as this sounds, it's like that old adage, people say, let go and let God, you know, that, that type of phrase, uh, which I know has, you know, typically more kind of like Christian connotations or whatever, but it's just this idea of taking this thing that literally just no matter how much ruminating on it or trying to figure it out, we do, it just wants to be let go of and, and surrendered. And the the best way to do this type of thing though at this time it's like a surrender but with like um like a, an intention or something imagine like how one might surrender to a lover or something where it's like okay i'm going to let go in in trust but i'm letting go in a way that i know that i'm going to be safe and taken care of right it's like that vulnerable state of surrender and in this case, it's it's with this intention of I'm surrendering this in a way where I'm also asking that if I let this go, that the solution will be returned to me in a way that I can clearly understand or that it's going to be obvious to me when when the solution comes through. What's coming to mind a little is uh, the... Um, and we have to remember that the North Node is in uh, Gemini right now, so Venus being there, I personally feel like my brother just got, um, he's going to a master's program and got accepted into it, and he's like, oh, I'm doing political science and stuff, and I dropped out about 10 years ago, uh, just fucking around with art history, and I'm like, should I go back to school, and all this kind of Gemini energy, like, should I learn our values of learning, and relationships, and friendships, and travel, whatever, um, communications, but with the North Node there, it's like we're having to kind of surrender maybe even our ideals with the Neptune square kind of thing, our ideals of where we think our karma should be going, especially as a double Gemini, right? My Chiron's there too. Um, where it's just like, I want to impact the world and I want to have fun and I want to play and I want to experience all sorts of cultures. Like I want to, you know, learn Japanese and I want to go back to Hawaii, but I also want to go to Europe and hang out with Rafa, like all this kind of shit, right? So I'm having to be like, well, what I need to have happen is going to happen. I got to take a deep breath. Um, and it reminds me a little of those, uh, uh, what are they called? Like uh, candle lanterns or whatever in certain Asian cultures where it's like, it's beautiful. You've made it. You've, you put some intention to it and you let it go. And you got, I mean, the beauty, I guess, is in letting it go and witnessing kind of the process of letting go. And, and it did say in the hangman, like, you know, surrender thy will be done, which does have this kind of connotation of Christianity. Although I think, um, Islam means submission or right or whatever, and I think this would be kind of like in a Taoist way, like submitting to the flow or whatever you want to call it. Um, but and not even and here's the weird hardest part. It's like 
I guess expecting that uh, the expectation would be like whatever this exchange, like I just finished Full Metal Alchemist. I don't know if you ever see that card, dude. It's crazy. Um, it's like the law of equal exchange at some level. So it's like I'm going to give something up and it might even have to do with my like ideals in terms of friendships or learning or whatever. Thomas, seems the way you're doing it, you're like on double safety. You have both the toggle and the push to talk. Here you go. There we go. Yeah. So I think we lost Jim. Well, my thumb slipped, but of course. I'll finish by saying it's like we're, we're not going to like give a dollar, you know, a dollar bill into a coin machine and be like, I get four quarters back. It's more like having the Bashar kind of like no expectations thing, highest excitement, no expectations, and finding the joy, I guess, in releasing into the dream beautifully. Um, it doesn't mean it's easy. It's a square, like you're saying, right? It's like um, when you put a 90-degree kink in a hose, the energy's challenged. It's not like easy, easy. But sometimes we need that kind of adjustment. I mean, what's happening needs to occur. So we kind of have to like just breathe through it and smile, essentially, the archaic Buddha smile or whatevs. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, to kind of like bring it one level deeper with this with this transit the gates or keys or codes, you know, in, in the, in, in the soul mapping, gene keys, human design tradition, uh, that, that Venus is on the 45, which has a lot to do in, in ancient I Ching. It's called gathering together, which, you know, of course is ironic. It's like, there's, you know, we have this dichotomy of gathering together, whether like protestingly or violently or whatever right now in certain areas of the collective or the dichotomy of not being able to really gather together, uh, at least in the traditional sense, uh, on a more society-wide level, of course, I feel inherently that there are a lot of people doing like smaller, more intimate gatherings uh, below the radar all over the place right now. Um, but this is also about a distribution of resources that the 45 has to do with too, um, which of course I know is playing a part in, you know, this kind of stimulus stuff that's going on right now with the United States or lack thereof it, the kind of pause in that. And then where Neptune is, is on the 22, which is all about this like divine grace or this higher level of grace that uh, sort of descends. And the only way that it really descends, you know, is when we, when we do let go of those things. And it's kind of like begging the question that's like Neptune and Venus are also, they're like the fulfillers of dreams. Like you're talking about, uh, you know, this different kind of like dreaming orientation. It's almost in a way it could be looked at as like a spiritual wish granting of sorts, right? Where if we do do this surrender or submission, then what is possible is something truly beyond our our dreams or our imagination. It's it's definitely something that's that's kind of on that level. And then we also have, you know, like you said, with with the North Node being in in Gemini, what we have going on on the collective level with the South Node in Sag is this idea of like trying to figure out so many of these details with like you know, this back and forth battle we have going on right now in the collective consciousness of I'm right, my view is right, my philosophy, my facts, my like 
you know, all these different things, but then people just keep looking diff deeper and deeper and the facts seem to like change and alter and switch. And then there's another argument over <laughs> and it just keeps going. Right. So uh, there's definitely this aspect of, of just kind of like releasing all of that and, and tapping into empathy and compassion, you know, cause that's really the, the kind of gift in all of this is like, so much back and forth tension and mental battle and sort of uh, like a versus type of scenario until we release. And then that's when uh, we can drop down into that heart space and really be connected to uh, true kind of like higher level spirituality or that, that place in the heart. It's ironic because my fiance is, I uh, got a 22 as I don't know if, I don't think it's for life path. I forget what, and I have a 55, which is kind of like, both of these are big kind of deals in the gene keys and it's funny because it creates this tantric kind of element where like i'm going from the ground up into spirituality and she's coming like you're saying descending in from the ether's spirit and coming in like embodying it with the 22 and it's funny to me because in some way um the the thing that came to mind when you were saying that was like the mad hatter and the um the hair or whatever and um alice in wonderland it's like you know, she walks in, she's kind of like, what the fuck? And it's, they're not Gemini's per se, but it's like this like tag team kind of chaos. Every Very happy on birthday, like paradox, all this kind of crazy shit's happening. And she, the best way to get through it is just to kind of roll with the punches. It might not make sense because I do apologize for everybody. Gemini's are contradictory, paradoxical, especially with an 11th house, sun and moon. It's, it's contrarian. <laughs> um, so... Uh, it's a time where I think like even with um with the, all this conspiratorial stuff like I had a friend message me last night um oh here's all this like WikiLeaks drop or whatever and it's got uh, frazzle drip stuff in it and I know enough about things that I know what that is and my brother who I said just got into a master's program for poli sci um and is very kind of like materially reductionistic more or less agnostic kind of you know diligent journalist Gemini he's a Gemini also um. You know, I said, I was, I was like, do you want to see this link? Uh, I don't know. He's like, what? This is all bullshit. He's been accused of being a pedophile. So, um, Assange or whatever. So I'm like, already he's kind of got his, like, he's not coming in neutrally, so to speak. Right. Um, and then I sent it to him and then he's starting to send me things like, this is just, uh, like this human Aberdeen thing is all Photoshop. My fact and checker said all of this is fake yeah. news. Well, this is where it gets tricky for me. Cause it's like, he's doing work on what I basically half assed throw into the air. And I'm like, it's like duck hunter and i'm like here's a conspiracy what do you think and he's like this is bullshit this is dangerous like these ideas running around are not true and like like people are believing that but then it's like like Raphael's saying it's like is this like an is this an inside you know is it being ratified by let's say like um institutional fact checkers or however you want to put it so they're like you know kind of like in dark crystal they're like oh don't even dream spell with each other because uh or whatever they call it, dream fast you with each may other. catch a yeah. virus right so there's all sorts of ins and outs and i don't even know where to sit on it i'm having to kind of breathe through it and just be like look i gotta just work on my own shit um whether an american city's on fire or not i have to like tend my garden <laughs> whether these you know conspiracies turn out to be true or at worst it's like the worst psyop ever and it's causing people to like you know start frazzling to me, this is very Terrence McKenna post-2012 stuff where it's like the most crazy shit you can imagine will come true, whether it's true or not. Um, it's real. Does that make sense? So it's like, it's in the zeitgeist. People know about QAnon. People know about 
Epstein Island people know, you know, so it's just like Donald Trump is our president, whether he's a time traveler or a and fucking just briefly you know, and to kind of be, uh, <laughs> it's happening on, on recent uh, timing. If this is true, and apparently it is just recently, like a huge amount of so-called QAnon accounts got banned from Twitter. And uh, I'm not even going to say or whatever. It's not about taking sides or believing anything in particular. Well, that's but problematic. I, I commented on, time, I think, Victor's right, wall, yeah. actually, and just said that fundamentally, and I actually really believe all of these questions always, I don't know, kind of fortunately or unfortunately, come back to spirituality. Because I said that uh, the support of censorship of speech, you know, where no one's getting hurt, someone is voicing their opinions or whatever, however strange it may be, you know, it's just speech by an individual. Uh, when you censor that, it really tells you a lot about how much trust such humans that want to censor it have in others and ultimately themselves to be discerning and to form opinions and decisions that will ultimately be for the benefit of all. And what is then comes back to fundamentally is whether individuals believe in any way, shape or form, they need an outside authority to tell them what is right or wrong, or whether they believe they themselves and therefore others have the innate capacity, however you want to describe it, uh, consciousness, awareness, uh, conscience, or however, uh, to make appropriate decisions themselves. Well, I'll just say very briefly, to the, to, this is where I guess double paradox ins and outs all, you know, as Big Lebowski would say, there's a lot of ins and outs. It's kind of Gemini mode uh, and Venus being here as values. So it's like on the one hand, uh, especially in America and in the West, we're like everybody has innate, you know, capacities to govern, self-govern, and they should have freedom of information from the press and all this kind of stuff. Um, but then what kind of comes to mind in a sense is inception where it's like an idea is like a virus. If you plant weird ideas out there, um, whether it doesn't even matter what, like whether they're true or not, if you have a, a constituency of the population thinking the earth is flat, if you think a constituency of the earth thinks, you know, everything's gravy and it's all about like, you know, making money and, crushing skulls and doing so in a capitalistic way if you have a constituency thinking that fucking epstein islands is the tip of the iceberg like you start fracturing the psyche in a way and and i think we're starting to have i mean gemini in some weird way is like a multiple personality situation Just briefly as if the yeah. conformist view before had worked so well number one people with all the disorders and number two then the actual question you know how in a sense fractured or just diverse individuals always had been anyhow and maybe just now it's more coming to the fore that individuals have, you know, different views and perspectives. And, you know, we have to, I guess, you know, find a way to at least remain able to communicate with each other. Then I think we'll be fine. Well, that's the challenge, right? So, and just finishing that thought, it was just like, I think there's, how would I even say this? Like systems that are in place that are starting to like change and adapt and stuff are trying to perpetuate narratives that maintain their stuff. So, you know, like stormtroopers don't sit around and talk and be like, there's a guy named Luke Skywalker running around with lightsaber and he's doing great things for the rebels. They're like that space scum. Oh my gosh. Like they tell themselves a narrative that enforces their behavior to, to make the death star a thing and all this shit. Right. So I think there's a lot of people who are like into Babylon. And if they're 3d, 4d, however you want to put that, they're like suckling for the tit of Babylon in a certain way. And the changes that are coming are necessary. Maybe they're not even karmically designed for or whatever. It gets very tricky. I want to know kind of Thomas's opinion because we, this kind of in the, um, 
jinkies it gets into like the shadow the gift and the city and i think a lot of people most people dare i say are dwelling in shadow that's the whole buddha's thing and you know christ being the light and all this stuff like there's a lot of shadows going on like being buddha means awake not many people are awake when you start waking up you tap into gifts that doesn't mean you've fully turned on your spiritual gift the city it's like that's like the nirvana mode or whatever you want to call it but um i don't know you kind of hear where i'm talking about uh thomas the conscious yours i'd love to hear your opinion Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, the, <clears throat> the thing is a lot of, a lot of the things that are going on in the collective psyche or world as a whole, you know, all have these different individual kind of like personal reflections going on, you know, micro macrocosm and, and such like that. It's like even a lot of these more, I guess you would say kind of like heinous or like really disturbing things that are like popping out in the collective psyche uh, stuff that you guys are mentioning. Like for example, the um, you know, the child sex rings and, uh, the frazzle drip type stuff with the adrenochrome, these like very intense uh, things have, they have relation to stuff that's going on individually inside of everyone. And this is to varying degrees. Of course, this isn't necessarily saying that like, Oh, every person, you know, is, is committing these type of acts or something like that. But what it was it talking about is the kind of archetypal internal template reflection of these things. And, and I'll give some examples. So it's like with, with, the way, with the way trauma, programming, conditioning, these types of things, with the way that they work, it's like, you know, as we're growing up, as we are, especially as we're children, there are these events that happen to us these situations that we get involved in that uh, are traumatic to us. They fracture our psyche because generally when we're born, we're in this much more kind of expanded, sensitive, uh, you know, very connected state in a lot of ways. Of course, the birth, you know, generally is traumatic in a lot of cases. Uh, sometimes it's not. There are lesser ways to do that with like water birthing and, and things of that nature. But what I'm saying is that, the child is coming out of the womb in a much more like open, sensitive state. And then there are these things that come in that start to uh, individualize slash fracture the individual from uh, feeling so connected, you know, trauma, programming, conditioning. These are the, the things. And when that occurs, essentially what is happening is taking that you as a child or me as a child, anybody as a child, is taking the life force, which is the sexual energy, the creative energy, and it is trapping it, okay? It is taking our own individual power and connectivity and trapping it in the inner underworld, in the subconscious, in the deep state of the individual, and it is trapping there, is storing it there, and essentially creating a state of inner abuse. Because the thing that triggers these states of 
trauma, right, this continual like PTSD loop are generally the state of fight or flight, which what is fight or flight generally related to in the human body is adrenaline and cortisol. Adrenaline and adrenochrome have a definite relation biochemically. So there is this overall kind of fractal participation going on of the collective psyche. Now, on another level, we have uh, also the kind of what I call the elephant in the room. And, and this just kind of came through today is that there is an overall collective oppression of this certain level of the darker feminine. And when I say the darker feminine, I'm not talking about darker as in like bad. I'm talking about darker as in like more raw, more real, more chaotic, just kind of that like primal. Like Kali Lilith stuff. Totally. That primal level passion, right? That like when in a safe space with, a, you know, another lover and it's consensual, there is a definite space for this, this just kind of like hair pulling, like messy, passionate craziness where both people feel safe and it's agreed upon, right? Well, as a collective whole, there's not a lot of that going on because of religion is a big part, definitely, uh, because of just kind of societal norms that have stemmed from religion and things of that nature. Religion, unfortunately, is a big culprit. And I'm not saying that religion doesn't have its strong points, but because of, you know, the times which religion were created and now they don't necessarily fit per se, it, it, just because of the transits that we're going through and things like that, it's kind of like worn out its welcome, let's say. Um, and so this creates this dichotomy where you have what's collectively oppressed and thus bubbling out as these very intense kind of heinous things, right? It's kind of leaking because it, it's like the energy has to go somewhere because it's so powerful. It's, it can't be like 100% oppressed. So it squeezes through, which the feminine generally is this kind of like that chaos is also power. You know, it's the void, the 99% space where the power comes from. And it's trapped in the deep state, which is our inner psyche. And it's hidden, right? It's the hidden occult. The hidden occult means hidden. It's the hidden power. Okay. And most people in the overall collective are not connected to their inner power, their inner sovereignty. They don't understand how this works and it's being governed, right, by this oppressive, mental, masculine, archetypal system, which comes in for the individual as just their mind and what they, they're, they're allowing the mind to lead rather than the inner being, the inner sovereign. And what does this look like at a society level? It looks like the government being the leaders or the media or whatever it is, this, you know, the masculine, essentially half of the two, right? So on the left per se, 
funny enough, on the left, let's say, you have this more kind of like chaotic kind of feminine energy that is coming through in these weird ways. And on the right, you have this masculine energy that's coming out in the collective psyche as this overly controlling, oppressive. And it all is just stemming from the individual's needing to connect back into that own inner power by doing this work of transmuting these shadows or being able to embrace certain aspects of them healthy ways. Well said. Um, so out of curiosity, uh, I know that Richard Rudd goes into some stuff in the Gene Keys. I haven't done so much of the human design yet. I'm going to get into that because this just seems like the flavor of the trip that I'm on now. Um, but I was reading, I think today or yesterday where, um, I, I forget which one it was like a 60 something, uh, gene key, but what I was talking about, um, there, like there is no why, like the why is the being and how do you hold the tension between like knowing that we have movement and progress to do and ideals to come into with the, like in a sense, this Neptune Venus kind of square and Gemini, like how do we get the right ideas when we know that everything happening is like needed in, in that sense like what occurs has to occur in that sense how do you look at that in terms of a quantum reality how do you look in like um do you see kind of what i'm saying like uh, i think we kind of talked about this last time and I, i'm still struggling because i think it's a paradox that our brains necessarily can't get around and our hearts have to sit in um so we you know that's why um uh, that's why it's so difficult probably for me to figure it out because there's no really figuring it out. It's just like accept the ride that you're on and breathe through it and like know that you're going to resonate where you need to be and that's going to reflect outward, etc. But how do we live in the tension? How how can we better live in the tension um, between wanting to change things versus accepting things as they are? And maybe there's no verses. It's like a both and simultaneity thing. Yeah. Well, you said it right there. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely both. And what in, I'm not sure if this is going to lead into answering your question completely just yet, but this is what's coming into, to kind of get into. So I'm just going to follow it and we'll, we'll see what kind of comes out of it. But I trust your channeling. When we're talking about the gene keys uh, or human design or, or these systems, definitely there is, you know, of course, relation to astrology. There's relation to genetics. There's relation to human evolution, planet evolution, cosmic evolution. All these things are inherent uh, just by starting to interface with these systems. And part of what is happening through the lens of these systems Right now, uh, it's starting this year, most notably 2020, and then uh, peaking out uh, in 2027. We'll see uh, this kind of peaking out of different themes that are going on within what we're talking about. And the 22 and the 55 uh, are huge, huge parts of that. Uh, but the 22 is where Neptune is right now. So we're going to uh, reference that. But essentially the process that humanity is going through is the mutation of a certain set of codes within their genetic system that experience the individual 
as a separate entity, like a very separate entity, right? And this has to do with a pathway in the overall human system that is known as the mystical way, okay? The mystical way is a set of codes at the 19, and it runs up through the emotional center, which is the solar plexus spiritual center. It starts at the root, and it runs up through until it gets to the throat. And it is, uh, it is this circuit within the human genetic field that is essentially what motivates humans in general to seek states of oneness, to seek states of oneness, whether that's in ceremony, sexual acts, uh, communion with other people, um, ecstatic shamanic states, whatever it is, these, there's been countless states of, or countless practices throughout humanity, uh, of things that try and reach the state of interconnectivity to whatever it is, to God, to nature, to the collective, to the other person, to the higher self. It's words upon words of the way people describe nirvana, as you said before, I think uh, Terrence McKenna talked about it as like the uh, this object at the end of time. I, I forget the exact words that he used. The but, transcendental um, object at the end of time. Exactly, it, which I remembered you mentioned earlier in the um, in the in the daily reading you did, which I thought was beautiful, and why I referenced it here. But it is. Because there is this virus, okay, there is, in, in this virus, uh, some people call it Wetiko is a name for this virus, but it's this, this thing in the lining of consciousness or the womb, uh, or right when you get to the void, some people call it the dweller at the gate. It, and it's basically this idea that, uh, you know, when we get to the void, there's kind of this film or like a mirror, right? Where we get to the void. And what happens when we get to the void is we see our reflection. Whatever that reflection looks like at the time, we see this reflection, whether we see the shadow or we see the light or whatever it is, we see whatever needs to be seen in that moment. And it is this kind of film, which is very like mercurial in a lot of ways. It's kind of like mercury that's like sitting on the like pool of this void space within our, within our inner psyche or the heart. And this is what prevents many from making the leap into the void. And when you make the leap into the void, the shadow that the kind of part of us that we saw reflected that we didn't like, if that's what we saw, dies when we leap into that void. And then we experience this state of interconnectivity or, or oneness or something. Well, what's happening in the collective as a whole is that sort of virus or film is being digested or processed, right? Because, uh, there, there's a massive amount of it in the, in the overall collective field. And in the overall evolution of humanity, it's, it's served a very real needed purpose, right? In 
there are a lot of ways that we can look at this, but just like in the individual, right? Like why is the, the individual identity created as a child? Well, it's created of protection in a lot of ways, right? So it's like, okay, I'm in the world, the world, you know, danger is happening, quote unquote, like trauma, programming, conditioning, butting up against this wall of the lining of the womb or the, the other, quote unquote. And so this kind of sin is formed that creates the individual, right? This kind of shell. And it, it's so the individual can essentially individualize and separate and make its own way in the world, right? And this is what's happened to humanity. Humanity got into, let's say, however they got here, humans as a species, got into this quote-unquote kind of dangerous world, nature, and there's lions and tigers and bears, oh my, all this whatever stuff going on in the planet. And so as a species, it individualized, right? It separated, and this allowed it to flourish on the earth to create technologies and build homes and expand into this collective society that we have now. And then we reach this point where the expansion, which is related to the Ajna, the mind, externalizing the mind into the environment, we're like processing out this plane. And we've basically unfolded the entire plane in front of us. And that's what it looks like cities and society and civilization and things. And then we get to this point where, well, I guess we don't really need that anymore, so to speak. We don't need all of the protection per se, because why? Well, now things are kind of comfortable. It's like, yeah, there are dangers, but like not the way they used to be. It's like, if you live in a, you know, a cushy house somewhere when there's air conditioning on and you're like just driving to your job and things like that. And I'm not saying that everybody in the world is in that state, but like what I'm saying is there's been this certain level of comfort created on the planet. And it's like, well, the dangers just aren't quite the same anymore, but yet we're interpreting them as the same, right? It's like people get in the car and they're driving to work and it's like somebody, you know, yells at them or something like that because they're going too fast and they're like oh my god you know and they're freaking out and then they're screaming and they're in the state of flight or flight or whatever but it's just a different world and so we've reached this state where thankfully with the internet and different technologies now we're experiencing this kind of global consciousness right and so maslow's hierarchy of needs has led to this place where certain sets of individuals can now process their their trauma they can start looking within they can experience looking into art and music and you know these higher level kind of states of consciousness and start to get into that and so much of this oneness state has been started to be experienced more and more and over and over again and we've just kind of like reached this pinnacle but there's still these last kind of major kind of bits, right, that have to be processed between now and 2027. And in the Gene Keys, in human design, in these systems, we're leading into a new species that's going to be being born in 2027. That's the cosmology that's present there. 
in which this new species is exactly what's kind of like talked about in all these different prophecies, right? The rainbow race, the rainbow children, the tribe of many colors, the rainbow serpent. Why is this related to the rainbow serpent? Well, because it's genetics. That's the serpent. It's all the races and colors and creeds have now mixed together in the human melting pot or the, you know, the individual's genome, because that's how the shadow gets processed, right? If you mix all the races and creeds and colors into one individual, then that individual is now internally facing and processing all those different angles of, of shadows or traumas, right? And that allows individuals to kind of reach this threshold where they're like, oh, wait, like, but I'm not different than that person. I'm not different than that person. I'm like just part of this one massive human family. Okay, well, if that's true, then I'm going to, you know, now I feel connected to everybody. What's next? Like, okay, well, now I'm going to start to experience these higher spiritual realities, these quantum realities that are now accessible because all these different genetics are coming together. The trauma is no longer storing all of the power and energy of the individual. So they're starting to play with traveling down these different timelines, uh, kind of like, as you're saying, sort of releasing, but also, uh, you know, affecting uh, you know, I, th I think what you were asking about is, you know, where do we find that balance between the two, the, uh, just letting go and also seeing what, uh, what we can do to change things. And it's like, we are like entering into this kind of level or state where it's, it's kind of just like this grand sort of experiment, at least for people that, are reaching this threshold of where they're able to kind of jump into different timelines and experience different realities and things while yet other people next to them are experiencing different things. And then it's just all about this place of kind of moment by moment checking in with the scenario. It's like, okay, somebody's in my field and this is what they have going on. Like, what's that showing me? How is that reflecting to me? Okay, like, is that giving me something to process? Is, the, is me processing that now giving something I can share to the person next to me if they're open? Um, and it's just more kind of like opening up into this place where the more we process the stuff that comes up, it gets us back to this state of coherence, this state of bliss, which is essentially that interconnected state and is related to basically like being able to hold both the individual and the collective oneness or both sides of the positive and negative polarity uh, at the same time and being that kind of like third neutral space. And then when we get knocked out of it, you know, doing the processing of the energy that is being called for in that moment, and then 
once again, we hit that spiral where we're connected back into that kind of like Christic neutral mercurial place, because that's the whole thing. You know, I was talking about this film that's on the surface. It's mercurial because it's the third thing. It's the point in the middle that can play both sides of the upper world, the lower world, the positive, the negative, the right, the left, you know, it's, I mean, like Mercury is a psychopomp like that as well as a hermaphrodite. So it's not picking a side. It's being like, like what you're saying. That also be that in the Kabbalistic tree of life, like the fruit of the tree of knowledge. Exactly. So, uh, you just spoke very well and eloquently. You probably want to drink some water. I don't know. Hit mute when you're not talking just so we don't, um, Hear you guzzling like a camel because I'm sure you actually, just said quite actually a bit it's of fine stuff. because oh, I still don't know about your settings, Thomas. If you're pushed to talk, you don't need to do anything. Otherwise, you can mute yourself if you're on voice activation. We're all learning as he is evidencing through what he just said. A couple things that hit me um, square in the face uh, that you were kind of talking about. First of all, you're talking about this mercurial lens. Um, it reminds me a lot of on um, the discovery lettering of Daft Punk uh, with the kind of liquid mercury. Um, and in the matrix, that's like one of the first things when he starts, like when the, when he takes the red pill and they're trying to find him in the matrix and he's having like a translocational moment because the dream's turning to collapse or however you want to put that. Um, he puts his finger on a mirror and he's touching that like mercurial edge. And that's the thing that starts consuming him or whatever to a pixelated cry or whatever. sounds like blasting off in a way, actually. Just because you mentioned mercury, of course, you know, many things to say about that in what form one may want to use it or not. There's, of course, some idea about it being heavily toxic. There's other ideas about it being in other forms, maybe not so toxic or different. And also there is some evidence also in relation to Tartaria and so on, that especially liquid mercury may actually have very, very special properties also related potentially to things like levitation and so on. But if we put together the symbology alone, uh, none of us could really be surprised about that. I think they found a, like a lake of liquid mercury underneath a pyramid in uh, Central America somewhere. So it's like there's definitely some more more to it than uh, one might think. Uh, I've never played with mercury uh, just because, yeah, like you're saying, there's health hazard warnings or whatever. But it's always fascinated me. N- needlessly to say, I think it fascinates everybody. But it's double gemini. I'm like that shit's cray cray. Uh, one or two other things I'll say, and then I'll shut the fuck up. Is um, also the mirror scene in Neverending Story where he has to confront his like that liminal space and if he walks through it your heart you know it's not the sphinxes that judge your heart so much but it's like you're going to have to confront your shadow self right and in a sense with, with, with Tika what you were kind of talking about Paul Levy who I kind of want to get on the podcast at some point has a book about it it's a Native American kind of concept where basically um, you know it's this evil spirit that can invade your mind it's like a virus of selfishness right it's a psychic pathogen in a sense um, and the idea here is that like you confront or I forget, Atreyu, I guess Atreyu, um, confronts the psychopathic pathogen of who he is in the mirror. And that's kind of this moment. And he's like, you know, has to walk through it or whatever. So that's kind of what you were, hit me in another way. Um, but bottom line, there's, a, it's, it's like a transitional moment. So it's not like on the one hand, I think it's all good and it's all moving forward, but it's like, I, I don't know what your presuppositions on human evolution in terms of like, you know, coming from the oceans and term apes, et cetera, et cetera, like a Darwinian model or whatever. Cause I don't think Raphael's as keen on that as uh, 
but he could speak for himself. But it's like there's a moment where it's like some, let's just say that model's correct for a minute just for the sake of the argument. There's a model where some fish decided they could crawl and they could actually breathe and they had the capacity to do so. And that was, there was a, it was an overlong period potentially, it was, you know, but there's some things that crawled up. And I think we're in this mode where a lot of people who are waking up are crawling up onto the shores of the other side of the river, the Buddha awake moment. We're not having it, you know, we're getting it, the simultaneity. Um, but that is, it sounds like going to take a couple more years, seven years. Um, so hold on to your butts as they say in Jurassic Park, because I, I, it's, it's all good, but I think it's, it's just starting right now. I think the, con- you think the, I think the cognitive distance is hitting, um, like an ignition phase. So it's like, we've been, pro- uh, and it's weird because another thing that kind of comes to mind is like Carl Sagan saying like, if you want to build an apple pie, you got to build a universe. Well, I think if you want an illumined human being, you have to go through all sorts of alchemical stages. And some of these stages are negredo. Some of these stages are, you know, whatever, um, sublimation, whatever, all this kind of stuff. And we're at this point right now where I, it seems that we're kind of obviously like you're saying in a, in a actual evolutionary moment for our species where we're going, um, as Richard Rudd, uh, calls it like homo sanctus. I think it reminded me a lot of kind of what David Bowie and Oh, you pretty things talks about where it's like, um, homo superior. It's like we're, we're rising through the animal. The spirit was always there, but now the spirit is understanding that it's in the animal and now the animal can be illumined and then the dream knows it's alive and all this kind of stuff. So it's really actually the best kind of time to be alive in a way, but that doesn't mean there isn't some turbulence. Um, and like in alchemy, there might be some frothing and bubbling and steam and weirdness, um, but it is what it is, right? Yeah, totally. It's... Um... I really love the 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 points he brought up about like the you know in the matrix with that kind of like liquid like uh state that he's interacting with it's it's exactly like that in the mirror in uh in the 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 Narnia chronicles I believe is the other one that you major one that you used uh totally all references to that because it's it's it it's just something it's it's this archetypal thing that is present in everyone it's it's in everyone's at least in everyone's awakening process they uh are familiar with that that place to a certain extent no matter how that individual is experiencing it and yeah to to touch on what Raphael said about the about the mercury it's it's so funny that you mentioned that because we're literally talking about that yesterday and about how there is a lot of kind of like hidden stuff when it comes to mercury potentials for it creating above unity engines and the potential of levitation a lot of those things were like literally having a conversation with my roommate yesterday about that so that's uh really awesome that you brought that up the other thing uh i believe what was the, the other oh in terms of the human evolution well the thing is whether you want to look at it like the Darwinian, like out of the, you know, sea model with the fish or whatever, you could also apply these same concepts to something like for the example of, uh, you know, the idea that maybe there was like an alien race or these godlike beings that uh, snipped our genetics or altered them in some way. And now those, because there's this, kind of higher sovereign being present in each individual that it's kind of like 
breaking through those aspects of genetics, which have since limited us. So, I mean, this aspect of kind of awakening. The training wheels are coming off, basically. Exactly. It's like you could even, I mean, even in certain uh, Christian, you know, theologies with the the idea of the apocalypse and revelations, you could also even put that narrative into it where essentially, you know, this kind of where like reaching heaven, you know, certain individuals kind of like break through this, uh, this concept of being disconnected and being on earth or being in hell or however you want to look at it. And as this program breaks down the old kind of like Saturnian satanic quote unquote, uh programming comes off and then the uranian aspect which is uranus is the you know the the god of the heavens kind of brings this lightning of evolution through to break through a portion of humanity to this higher level of consciousness aka uh heaven which is you know more of this kind of like quantum multidimensional aquarian type of plasma substance so these concepts in experiences apply to a lot of different models and that's what i personally resonate with and and work with is not so much a is it you know the darwinian is it christian is it uh whatever it is it's like tapping into that place where we're like well there is this process going on you know there is I'm having these experiences, you know, Oh, you're having these experiences. Okay. Multiple people are having these experiences. So let's work with things that assist in the process of working with that experience, right. Or, or continuing to kind of, uh, fuel that rather than getting so much into the specifics of the why, as you were saying earlier, uh, although, I'm not against playing around with those things, but it's like, it's the crime of the mind. You know, it wants to figure shit out and the spirit knows. And that's okay too. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's like tapping into that place. And that's kind of, that's the funniest thing about all of this is that's part of the process too. It's like the mind wants to go into the different whys and then inherently just because of the way that it works, then it goes into the spirit when it reaches its limits and it can't figure it out. And then the mutation happens as we, you know, kind of full 316 back to the beginning, where it's like this Neptune square Venus. And it's like, oh, well, we reach the edge of the womb. We reach the edge of the mind. We reached, you know, the point where Neo's touching his finger on the thing. And then it just lets go and whatever happens next is whatever happens next and spirit takes over, which kind of makes the decisions at the end of the day anyway, you know? Well said. I just realized we never read your blip. I don't know if it's, if Raphael wants to do that now or not. It's a little, we're halfway through the show and I was like, I wrote up a little thing because there's a bunch of stuff I do want to talk about. Um, Maybe it's a good time to take a quick music break. If you want to take a piss or, you know, get more water, whatever's clever, um, do it. Um, and then we'll come back. I want to be talking about 
other things, but I, I think kind of what we're, I mean, unless Raphael, you've got something to say, I think we kind of got to the summation of it where it's like, look, this is the mind going through a process of evolving into spirit form, and that's going to be cognitively dissonant at levels, but ultimately it's the ride in which we chose to embark and just like like what Neo has to deal with when he's like you know making noises and there's a high pixelation noise, um, and then he wakes up in a fucking new situation. It's like I think we're about to not be in Kansas anymore, Toto. But like, but we had to kind of go through these birth pangs of uh, growth. And just like Richard Rudd says, it's like cert, you know you can't unlock certain gene keys without getting to certain frequencies in a sense, right? So it's like we've had to come to a place in capitalism. We've had to come to a place in psychology. We've had to come to a place in all sorts of things. And now the soup is kind of at a place where it might turn into a new kind of thing. Um, and one really quick thing, and then if Raphael, if you will have anything to say, let me know. Um, it's a lot like the Titanic is the analogy that's coming to mind. It's like one could say, oh, my gosh, that's the ignorant of individuals having hubris and thinking the ship is invincible and running into icebergs. Or, oh, my gosh, it's this – you could look at it and, and, and label it all sorts of things, and it's simultaneously all sorts of things. It's like, oh, my gosh, like here's a manifestation of classism and technological – shit and you know all, all sorts of shit right um and also at the same time there's moments of beauty with like a, a um string quartet playing for the people to keep them chill like they signed up for that moment right they're like we have a gift let's use it it's been an honor and a pleasure deuces or whatever like and some people are like running over kids and trying to get and pretend to be women and children in the fucking um <laughs> like robots or whatever <laughs> like there's all sorts of monkeys doing all sorts of things and it's all good it's a very compelling and crazy movie with with and i guess we have all eternity which is the present moment to dissect it and we'll just be stepping more deeply into that permanent now permanent now i think uh, now. thomas explained it well also in terms of and this is you know one can talk about it one can only really only experience it actually but just like you said, that there is a certain limitation the mind experiences. Like I once had this fun experience in an altered state of mind where I was making associations and I deliberately told myself, okay, I'm going to map everything out, like all the terror associations, I know everything. And at that point, I was I was at a festival and I was basically able to, uh, how should I say, look through the roof and stuff like this. Um but then, so I, I keep, you know, meditating in a way and mapping it out, mapping it out. The map keeps getting bigger. There's more and more connections. I've eventually I realize it throws up something like 999 end of file in the sense that uh, the system kind of telling me, look, no matter how fast you go, there are certain things you cannot possibly comprehend uh, from a logical or linear perspective. It's just impossible. And uh, of course, here we get back to the matrix, the whole journey that Neo so our conscious will, let's say, has is really amazingly beautifully explained. And ultimately, in order, you know, to reach the source and reboot the system, they also have to go above the clouds uh, together with Trinity. So, um, yeah, anyone uh, looking into this a bit more, it's really well laid out. And I think, Thomas, you explained it really well. So thank you for that. And with that, if you're ready for it, uh, I throw a track at you guys. Dolphinately. And I should say the Dolphinately thing comes from uh, Nick Kroll's show. It's not like I came up with that shit. Uh, Nick Kroll had a great sketch. I'll have to send you a link about it, about like rich drug pill heads. And they said for sharks and Dolphinately. And I thought that was hilarious. I just want to finish by saying it's so ironic that N Comet Neo-wise is cruising through Leo at the moment. But of course, I didn't even think about that. Good, good on you for pointing out the obvious things. 
And as you survive that, we are back with edition 129. It sounded like somebody in a hanged man position, right? It's like, I'll come and get you. Never mind. What was the samples there? I have, I sounded like, but I have no clue what it was. Yeah, actually, in this case, I don't know. Maybe Thomas has an idea. The samples from that track, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I uh, coming to get you out sounded uh, matrixy, but uh, I didn't recognize it either. All good. It was pretty grimy. It, uh, interesting. I wouldn't have picked that, but good choice, Raphael. Like he's always. That's why I'm always like, you pick a song, I'll pick a song. This will be great. I get to turn on a new shit. Like I don't listen to much dubstep personally. Um, so that sounded like if I don't know. Skrillex was doing things right still or something. I don't even know. But uh, so we can kind of go any which way you prefer. Um, just looking over some of the discussion topics that you said you like talking about. Um, I don't know about, I mean, timeline jumping is on a Narnar. Um, and also you're into Alchemy. You get Alchemy. I just, like I said, finished Full Metal Alchemist. I don't know if you want to talk about that as a process in any length. Um, you know, whatever the steps of alchemy and what it means to us as individuals, as a collective, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, what plasma body, what it, what it is, how how is it evolving? I mean, I think you kind of tapped into that a little a minute ago, but I don't know if you want to speak more or if there's anything really on your mind. The last thing you said right before that music break about the comet, that's a good example of as above, so below kind of stuff, right? Where it's like, you can't make this shit up. Yeah, totally. What was the uh, what was the first thing that you brought up before the the alchemy timeline jumping? Oh yeah, timeline jumping. Yeah, that could that could be fun. Um, Define it. Like like tell us how we should get our heads in this frame of mind for this uh, Merlin. (laughs) Yeah. So there are there when it comes to timeline jumping. The, and the, we'll just kind of dip into alchemy a little bit with this too. So it'll be fun. We'll kind of like mix these two up or something like that. When it comes to timeline jumping, there are, as with anything, there are different, I guess I would say, levels and layers of it um, from things that are a little bit more obvious or kind of practical kind of daily levels of it to more uh, very uh, almost, I guess I would say hard to kind of comprehend levels of it and things like that, although they are related. Uh, So I'll start out with the idea of timeline jumping in general is just the idea that uh, this reality that we are experiencing is in a state of like quantum flux that uh, there are different pathways uh, that we can enter into that have different outcomes uh, where the idea that our life is not necessarily just uh, predestined per se, at least not a hundred percent that there are maybe themes that kind of govern the overall kind of direction or archetypes where it's like, okay, maybe, uh, you know, maybe no matter what, I'm going to be a mother, but what 
that looks like how many kids I'm going to have and how many, you know, what's going to happen with these kids. Those things are, are more flexible in terms of the timeline. So the concept that there can be both in, in the same space, it's like we can get into fate and destiny, but we can also have uh, fluctuation and uh, difference going on there and in, in as well, or free, wor- free will and fate at the same time, if you want to get into that concept. But if we're talking about this, I'm more of like an everyday kind of like practical level. We can get into looking at uh, internal alchemy, uh, this one way, uh, and we can, well, I'll kind of like bridge into how more traditional alchemy could come into play with this as well. So, uh, so if I have a certain program inherent in my system, and let's say maybe that program is related to uh, addiction, right? Which addiction is a big topic right now because Uranus is on the 24 that has to do with addiction and things like that. So in different levels, everybody's kind of getting in this to, one way or another. It could just be addictive thoughts kind of playing in the mind over and over again or something. But uh, let's say I have this addictive pattern in my nature And when I wake up in the morning, because of that addictive pattern, I make certain choices, right? So I wake up in the morning and let's say I, every day I have a cup of coffee, right? That's an example of an addictive pattern that happens every day, okay? So now let's say that I find the root of this addiction in my psyche and how whatever method I use to do that psychoanalysis, maybe a session with somebody, uh, whatever it is, I, I get to the root of this addiction and then I transmute it through alchemy by processing it, feeling it, going through the, the pains of it or, uh, whatever process I, I use to do that. Now, because that energy that was stored in that pattern is free of that pattern. It's now available. And now a new timeline opens up. This is a very practical way that timeline jumping comes into play where because I no longer am putting my energy into that addictive pattern. Now I'm not drinking coffee anymore. So there is a new activity that must fill the space of that in the morning, whatever that is. So now a new timeline is opened up because I, I, it could be that I decide to go jogging every morning at that same time that I was drinking coffee. And because I'm now jogging, there's obviously way different things that are going to be available in part of my world. I'm not saying good or bad. I'm not putting on that level because you know, you can go jogging and had, get in an accident, sprain your ankle or do something like that, right? Um, but it's a new timeline that's opened up because now the cycle of the day is different. And now we're going to make, uh, we're going to come bring traditional alchemy into this, for example, right? So let's say that, uh, let's say that I find out that my this pattern that I have is related to 
something to do with, uh, you know, my, let's say, 23rd shadow of communication. It's, it has something to do with a 23rd gene key where uh, Mars is, right? So I have this kind of Martian shadow around where to put my energy. I don't, I have so much, uh, or I don't have enough energy because I'm not communicating properly. Uh, I, I don't feel like I have a voice or something like that. Right. So every morning I'm like, you know, just fueling myself with the coffee to kind of help me, give me energy so I can force myself to do whatever it is that I do in the morning. Now, traditional alchemy, there are different substances that have planetary correlations, okay? Because planets and plants are related, okay? This is why the, the words are so similar. Planets, each, pl different, each different plant has a governing body, right? It's, it's kind of like the overall theme or kind of flavor, so to speak, to that plant. So if I wanted to, let's say, work through a shadow around this particular communication thing, and I know that Mars is related to that, I could take a alchemical substance, you know, perhaps a, a alchemical remedy such as a spagyric, and work with intentionally work with this Martian energy to elevate it, to lessen it. You know, I could work with another planet to, to counterbalance it. There are many ways to, to incorporate alchemy, right? But essentially, this is a way that, that alchemy could be utilized in, in this sense, right? Now, another way that you could use al alchemy in terms of timeline jumping would be to utilize a substance. And now we're getting, now we're going to bridge into this kind of like larger sort of more fringe area of timeline jumping that I was talking about. So let's say you use a alchemical substance like a hallucinogen or something. Like let's say it's uh, mushrooms, which is, you know, another mercurial substance, kind of going back to, to that. Now, mushrooms can bring us into this place where we dive very quickly through that inner inner void, right? That uh, where we're literally going through that veil that we talked about in the psyche. Um, and we can jump through that veil. And when we have jumped through that veil, there is a sort of program rearrangement that can go on there, whether that's because we are forced to deal with the shadow there, or we are, um, you know, perhaps uh, installing a new program that uh, once we leap through the void and come out the other side, now affects our reality, right? And so what can happen in these states, and you don't have to use mushrooms to do this, you need to use meditation, uh, you can use trance yoga, there's a lot of different ways to kind of like break through that veil. But what you might start to notice is when you come through the other side of that veil, that something is just kind of different. This is, and this is 
kind of where the matrixy type of thing comes into play where you know there's that scene in the matrix where neo is like i just saw the same black cat he's like morpheus is like is it the same black cat or is it different it's just similar and it was the same one right it's this kind of like glitch and when we yeah totally um and so when we get into these more like higher levels, I guess you would say of timeline jumping, uh, what I've experienced is those types of like glitches or deja vus um, because I pay a lot of attention and I'm really conscious of everything going on around me. But there's just be these things that are way different, like pieces of information will come in and they'll present themselves to me and they're like, look, before you leapt through that void space this was kind of what was going on in the collective field and now that's not what's going on anymore and there's a sudden awareness that oh i'm on a different timeline now and it's not just like a difference as in like oh now i'm gonna go jogging anymore it's like where it's like really obvious like okay this like is it's like a, a wonderful life or something <laughs> Yeah, like this is a different version of Earth where or bears, all of a bears sudden, is spelled differently or whatever. Yeah, something to that effect. Or it could be, you know, some sort of major thing in the news that kind of comes out that was like, whoa, this must be, uh, you know, there is obviously a major shift for this type of thing to, to all of a sudden come out in the news. Or it could be uh you know somebody close to you that you love in your life all of a sudden is acting way different you know it's like mm, wow you're like you know it's like you're a totally different person and there's many of these different things and for whatever reason uh they make themselves known to me and so this is how i started to kind of get into the, I guess I would say a certain level of science behind timeline jumping, although there's definitely things about it that are not predictable in any sense. And, but there are certain repeatable kind of like alchemical experiments that we can get into. And there's definitely tools and tricks and tips and things like that uh, that we can utilize to you know, kind of be these multidimensional co-creators of our reality where it's like, you know, once again, it's going back to what you said, the, uh, that bridge between where we can do something about it and where it is just kind of surrender and let go. And the interesting thing that I find about this is there's there's a certain there's always a certain level where we can shift things and play around with things just like in the matrix we'll just keep going with this theme because i feel like with comet neo wise it's like perfect right now but it's like it's like in neo in the matrix there's like certain code that he can like bend you know or or work with or whatever but then there's certain things that are not able to be manipulated or at least like it's just like it's not like he is God in the sense of like, where you just be like, Oh, this like person. It's not like Bruce almighty necessarily. 
Right, right. Where it's like, oh, okay, like I'm just gonna, you know, delete all of the, uh, you know, the the agents all at one time just because I thought about it or something. You know, it's more like this kind of game or holographic kind of quantum experience, which I know uh, that's a big thing I've seen coming out a lot lately. As a lot of people talking about it, like the CIA documents that were released saying that we're inside of a hologram, uh, which is you know, I think it's called the glass mirror or something like that. Yeah, something, something to that effect. Oh, looking glass. Um, it's Alice in Wonderland. Uh, and yep. I think it's called Operation Looking Glass or something like that. Totally. And uh, these, you know, CIA. Speaking of agents, these CIA agents um, basically were asked to look into these different like practices and experiences and and things like that. And essentially what they came back is like confirmation that uh, these different things that different kind of like psychonauts or spiritual esoteric people had figured out were in fact uh, true, at least to a certain extent. And yeah, that's, I mean, I I, I feel like I'm reaching kind of a, um, a point where, you guys what, what was like a do you guys have any comments on that or i just kind of like reached no i think it's great in the spiral uh, you where... hit a crescendo and you're like all right i gotta yeah. take a breath i <laughs> got you all good yeah. um no i totally hear you I, I mean uh first of all i have the 24 gene key as my iq or sq rather uh so i've dealt with addictions for sure uh, as a shadow and um i guess the city for that is silence or something it's like just be fucking still and now it's all good um without like trying to like you know feed the monkey mind but like no it's funny what you're saying in some way is one thing okay so what comes to mind i don't know rafa if you have anything you want to say jump in at any point um what are some techniques like i know a lot of um more new age types are like um i'm i'm gonna manifest the highest timeline i want the best you know thing like do you think there's a way we need to be navigating this verbally and like how do you kind of get in the cockpit and navigate these timelines or are you like kind of like 12 monkeys in it and just hoping you just land in the right place uh, or whatever in that time machine movie of sorts? And Rafa, if you have anything you want to say, obviously holler. Um, you might be having to... Oh, there you are. I was like, I don't no, know. I, I get, can't yeah, tell I you what it. to do. Cool. <laughs> I feel like essentially you're asking... Um what uh you know like are there better specific- protocols almost because it seems like with a psychedelic for example it's like you could just t- you could eat i mean i've eaten acid and had no expectations in that re- one way and then i've had you know psychedelic experiences well for example even dmt i was just like i know it's gonna be intense and i smoked it and i was having you know hall of mott experience or whatever the fuck was going on back in 2011 um whereas other times, and I haven't really done it last time I got since then, but other times I've done LSD and stuff, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to work on, you know, I'm going to listen to an album or the Beatles or Arcade Refires Reflector or whatever the fuck and, like, process. I'm going to actually collectively process stuff and individually process and have more intention. And those dynamics and outcomes are fundamentally different, kind of, um, obviously, set and setting and intentions. Is there a similar kind of shtick with uh, timeline jumping? Definitely. Um, I find that, you know, first and foremost, for me, it all starts with working through 
the the shadow material, like you said, because the way that our system works, and now we're going to kind of like rope it back around into, I think you brought up the uh, the plasma body is one of the topics or whatever. So essentially, our our auric field, our energy body, which is just this kind of like counter rotating spiral torus type of donut field where the energy is just like cycling and moving its intent really is just to, to spin, to rotate. Like that's what it does. It's there to kind of like cycle, like a, like a motor, uh, so to speak. And these different points in our system uh, whether they're, you know, programs or trauma-based or, or something like that, what they do is they essentially take a certain band of energy and they pull it into a place where as the energy of the electromagnetic body cycles, because those things are in place in that system they pull certain experiences and different things continually towards the person or they, they kind of like manifest because they're like a bit of code that kind of like cycles things, right? And so I find that it's good to begin with understanding and knowing those different programs, like doing our best to kind of like weed through any of our like more traumatic type of programs that we have in place and, and things of that nature. So that when we do make these different leaps that are, that are going on, that we're doing so from a place that is more, uh, I guess you would call it like neutral, authentic, enlightened, uh, these, these different types of energies. So I personally feel that that's a, a great place to start to get into these things. And then when you are getting into the other stuff like you're talking about, like, um, you know, specific intentions and things like that, you know that it is coming from a place that is more real and authentic and enlightened rather than, you know, something maybe based on uh, something that maybe is just kind of uh, trauma-based or mind control-based. And, you know, that's been a whole, that's been a whole window or topic state that's, that's come up recently a lot too, is the things that do come out of like Hollywood media and whatnot, right? Because there is inherently, uh, you know, any type of media that we consume, there's always going to be these flavors or kind of imprints that are related to the person that made them uh, that are involved, right? So we always want to make sure that, you know, when we are diving into these places, it's like you're talking about using different albums and things like that. And I'm not saying specific albums like for or against or anything like that. But what I'm saying is it's important to understand that in that in that place, that album is kind of like your shaman in, in a way, right? Because, oh, fully. Yeah. It's going to have some yeah. 
imprinting capacities or something like that. And, and like you're saying in some way, like uh, the intentions of the artist, well, this is where it's psychedelic and funny. Cause I'll hear things like the Beatles or whatever. And I'll be like, Oh my God, I hear it how they wanted me to hear it. Like, Oh shit. Or, you know, like that, like what you're saying. I know I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, it's like, this isn't neutral. It's like, if you listen no, to like, you. you know, Marilyn Manson or something, it's like, you might have a bad trip. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, that's, that's really where the, individual user comes into play the trust of you know do you it's like would you have the person that created the particular album that you're talking about would you have them like watch your kids or something you know like those are those are always like great things to get into and it's like uh so those sorts of awarenesses are really great to come into play when we're like you know, the the way I look at it nowadays, it's like I have a hard time even watching too much uh, television without at least going into it with the eye of like, I'm going to look for, you know, like it's like I'm putting this energetic lens or filter on of like where I'm like not letting it kind of like get into my like psyche or underworld to a certain extent, um, just more for like research purposes or something, because it's like that, that connection to that media, there's, there's so much that can kind of like come in there. So it's like good to be uh, very discerning. And this is on every level, you know, and this is where now we're getting into the idea of media as food, right? Because it's, it's not, it, it just like, you know, we want to be discerning with what we're physically eating. It's like very important as more and more of this stuff comes to light to keep in mind what we're consuming on a visual level, on an audio level and things of that nature. Um, so it's just, once again, this is kind of the uh, self uh, shaman versus like uh, external shaman or like a, you know, the government versus uh, you know, being our own governance and, and things of that nature. And we're all, collectively going through this process of of learning and growing and kind of getting to these new levels where you know it's like do I need a priest or can I just kind of like jump into this thing myself you know all these different things come up and it's all just kind of like of course an experiment and there's really no uh you know, there's really no like hard, fast rules. I guess, I guess it's like say. permission slips kind of in a Bashar sense. Like some people have permitted themselves the experience of having to go through an arbiter. Uh, and some people have permitted themselves the experience of like jumping into the pool without water wings and like learning how not to drown because your life fucking depends on it or whatever. Um, and it's not like there's a right or a wrong. It's just what you what you permitted and then kind of following that train of, uh, I guess, karma or whatever. Exactly. And all of the ways are, 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 are great in, in a certain respect. I'm not saying like, you know, there are definitely things that can happen where you're not uh, as stoked about the outcome or whatever. It's kind of like, you know, I've talked about this on different shows. They're like just taking a flight to the Amazon uh, with no prior knowledge and being like, okay, I'm going to find a, a shaman, you know, or a medicine man or whatever. And it's like, uh, well, dude, you're in the Amazon and uh, there is a lot of crazy stuff that goes on there. So 
uh, you know, just keep that in mind. Um, so it's like, it's just like you do anything. It's like, uh, if I'm going to go to a doctor, I'm going to get into something, you know, do research, connect with somebody who feels, uh, it's, it's what you're talking about, whether it's the, this, you know, the permission slip or whatever, it's like, you know, I have certain friends of mine that I go to that I trust, uh, to do certain things with. It's like, you know, I, I, trust being in a safe space with that person. I trust that person's level of integrity and their knowledge and their wisdom. So, okay, in this scenario, uh, I'm going to, you know, it's like my roommate or whatever. If I have like a tick on the back of my neck or something, cause I went hiking and I'm like, Hey bro, like, you know, can you figure this out? Can you help me like get this off? It's like, cause I trust him. I trust that he knows what he's doing and things of that nature. So uh, is the same, same thing. It's not necessarily good or bad. It's like, uh, sometimes depending on where that tick is, maybe I can take it off myself. If it's on like the back of my head, it may be hard to reach. So I go to my roommate that I trust to, to help me take that off or something. Um, and, and that's where humility kind of, like, kind of comes in. You know, I think that is a spiritual, I mean, I, I guess it's presumed in a lot of religions and spiritual practices, but like, I think there's this weird balance between like um, kind of being an ambitious alchemist for your own individuation and be like, I've got sovereignty and I'm in control. The perspective is it's all me, blah, blah. And then also coming, there, there's going to be a flavor of experience sometimes where you're like, I can't do it. I need your help. Um, you know, like that's, you know, the apes that pick off the bugs on each other. It's like, that's why they do that. It's like a social bonding thing. It's like, look, I can't clean myself fully this way. So you're going to have to get me and I'll get you and creates kind of thing. Kind of reminds me a little of nine 11 when that dropped. Um, Dave Chappelle makes fun of this, but, um, when nine 11 happened, uh, MTV, which is like, you know, uh, basically a, um, a gatekeeper for the consciousness of many, youth right and like telling people what's hip or whatever the fuck they're like job rule what do you think's happening or whatever right it's like they went to him as the authority and the trust shaman or whatever and it's like that guy is he really qualified to tell us what's going on like geopolitically etc et um it's just like kind of a funny thing dave Chappelle kind of talked about that and i didn't mean to cut you off uh at all you were talking but that kind of came to mind it's like it it there's a submission we were talking about submission the hanged man right it's like thy will be done it's like sometimes our will is it going to get us through it and 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 the highest and timeline or you know manifestation or whatever is a submission of the ego in a way that actually involves others in our process or something like that like it, we can't all do it no man is an island right so it's like but at some level like we're called to be responsible and um we have the onus of experience and permission slips and all this stuff and beliefs. Um, and we're the ones who are designing these beliefs, but at some, at some level there's this kind of dance with other also. Rafael, you've been really quiet. Do you have any thoughts on what I just said or anything he's been saying? Well, nothing in particular that I would need to comment on right now. It, it simply said, I agree with much of what uh, Thomas has laid out. Good. Funny because I'm like I'm a contrarian enough where I'm like I don't want just yes men, but it seems like I think in in mirroring um, blind spots, right? It's kind of like that. Like I think I have blind spots where I'm like, yo, I don't, I haven't dealt with this. What are your two cents? Because um, I haven't met you, Thomas, and I haven't even met Raphael for fuck's sake. But I've engaged with y'all's energy in such a way that I can trust it to the degree that I am, and that's kind of this whole like submission to humility thing. It's like I'm willing to hear your opinions, whereas there's some people where I'd be like, I actually don't care what you think because it's damaging and 
defenses of discernment go up or whatever, whether egotistical well, or whatever. <laughs> the thing being, again, no matter what the information is, what the tools are, what the ideas are, in my view at least, <clears throat> anyhow, you never get around of applying it yourself. Then you will just be able to tell whether it works out for you or not. Again, I would like to stress kind of that's the only real test. Doesn't matter if anyone or everyone says that something is a good idea or not. It's really a very, very individual journey in my estimation. Although at the same time, of course, and that's also kind of why I agree and don't have to comment much. I would also uh, discern that there are certain basics of metaphysics and so on that simply apply consistently. And then when you learn some of the tools that are in alignment with that approach, then, you know, it just seems to work for, you know, 99.99% of individuals that actually apply it. It's my experience. Right. Well, it's like uh, when Morpheus, like, I mean, Neo would not wake up unless he was inquisitive himself. He was reading all these simulacrum and simulacrum books and, and scouring the internet and trying to follow the right rabbit and all this shit, right? Down the rabbit hole. Um, and tr trusting his intuition. When the guy's like, yo, follow the right rabbit, he gets that thing on the screen and then he sees the chick with the tattoo he wasn't probably going to go party at a rave that's like snm styled out but like he decides to take a, a leap of faith right and then at some point morpheus is like i could show you the door uh but you have to be the one to walk into the you know like this is your choice but i can guide you somewhat or you know here's the red pill here's the blue pill you get to pick like you know i'll tell you the consequences of the choice but you're the decider I think there's a simultaneity there where it's like it includes others as reflections in our process. Um, so we interact with others. Not, I mean, I'm not a solipsist, although I guess at some level that's probably what's going on in some weird way. Like we've talked about being in spirit and everything's just, you know, the one true mind of unity or whatever the fuck we want to, you know, can't qualify this thing. Um, but in some weird way, we're having to walk, we're having to, you know, create our own alchemy like basically our own process is our process that's the beauty but it includes others it's just like group solipsism in a weird way yes and i feel like another really good point here is you know a lot of this material that i'm getting into of course is not necessarily for everybody per se. And, you know, that may be kind of like the obvious, but what I mean by that is like, you know, when we're talking about, you know, medicine people or people uh, bringing us through uh, different timeline jumping and we're talking about media and politics and things like that, there is inherently certain things that, you know, we do trust certain people to, to lead us in, right? It's like, not every person is here to be a uh, political leader, although we may be bridging into a time where decision making is going to be more kind of like collective based, or, you know, there's more hierarchy versus hierarchy and things like that. It's still like, there's an apparent like skill set involved it's like not everybody is here to be into everything so this is, then it, it gets into uh this level of trust to allow people that have certain levels of experience to guide us into certain things it's like uh you know going to somebody to assist us with tarot reading uh you know it's like the the person that's like a gardener you know it's like everybody has these different like inherent skill sets and 
it, it's a it's a matter of who we vibrate with and who we can place our trust on. And maybe there's certain pieces of different things that you know everybody needs to know. It's it's kind of like breathing or something. Uh, and then there's certain levels and facets of it that we just allow others to kind of like do what they do and, and be experts at it and things of that nature. And to touch on what Raphael said, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely true uh, that through certain, there's certain methodologies where there's repeated experiments for things. And, you know, one thing that I can, I can just kind of like share and everybody can do their own home experiment with uh, that I find works really well for me is in this of course is you know try at your own risk or whatever I guess you would say um, but if somebody wants to get into a timeline jumping experiment it's like tonight or tomorrow my ears have want, perked up for the record I'm like ooh, oodalali yeah so when you are going to sleep some night, it doesn't have to be tonight, although I was just, you know, for conversation purposes saying tonight, uh, or whenever you feel ready, uh, come up with some sort of outcome that you want, whether it's some sort of uh, financial thing, maybe it's a trait within yourself that you want to exemplify, uh, maybe it's, it could be anything, right? But it's better obviously to start smaller with these types of things just because you know it's something it's an experiment you're getting accustomed to or whatever uh but when you're going to sleep uh just like you would daydream in the afternoon uh maybe when you're working on kind of zonked out or something take the time between laying down and when you fall asleep to both and, and keep in mind, there's no wrong way that you can do this. So don't get caught up in the mind of like, preferably you're not like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong or, or whatever? But to as much as you have the capacity for visualization, visualize uh, whatever it is that you want to to kind of come to fruition. Let's say it's something for yourself. You want to, let's say that you want to bring yourself into a new job. Right. So both start with visualizing yourself acting out that job like you were maybe you are in the interview and the person says, you, you know, I want to hire you. It could be you like actually like working in the process of the new job and then bring in the state of feeling that you would associate with while you were doing that and like I said, this isn't like, if you can't visualize, if you're not good at visualizing, just go with the feeling. If you can't feel it, just go with the visualization. If you can't visualize or feel, just go with just the intention. But like, overall, you are trying your best to bring yourself into the actual experience that it would be like of doing that thing and run it continually in the process of your inner world in your psyche until you just fall asleep and 
see what happens the next day or do it multiple nights a row and then see what happens. This is something that I have found to bring, uh, bring results consistently for myself. And it's not every time and it's not every person. And I don't know why that necessarily is, but it seems to be an overarching technique that is uh, very good and seemingly safe because it doesn't require, uh, you know, illicit substances or uh, something of that nature. And it's, you know, probably as um, potent slash simultaneously uh, least amount of potential repercussions, I guess you would say, uh, if you want to look at it like that, as possible. It's, you know, it's one of my favorite uh, things that I work in with clients that I have that's more um, kind of beginnerish, I guess you would say, but also very advanced at the same time. So in that model of um, pursuit, do you think one is basically entangling with timelines that exist already and you're basically resonating at that frequency? Or are you manifesting it? How do you how do you personally look at that um, kind of thing? Before we get into the answer, oh, I'd like sure. to reference something thomas so what you're mentioning basically is also what bashar and with the sasani talks about they were deliberately hmm. set up as a zeta human hybrid so in that sense they got one complete alternative timeline of future humans in their back pocket and our complete reality and knowledge so we can assume for them it's kind of pretty easy set up and you know easy ride in a way to learn many things and one of the first things they learn as they kind of really get into fourth density and um, reality becomes much more malleable, although they were never as steeped into it as we were, of course. We set them up nicely in that sense. The first thing they realize is that their dreams are reality and reality is a dream. And they learn to navigate precisely that state which you're experiencing. And uh, through this, learn to access the template level reality, which is our dream state reality, and use that to then more and more consciously reprogram this particular dream we call physical reality and also awaken within that dream. So the exactly. quote goes as such. Um, the idea is that we are always awake, but always dreaming. You can, in your evolution, begin to experience this in-between state, this hybrid state, this blended state of really knowing, consciously knowing that you are creating your dream, that you are creating your physical reality as a dream as a projection, that it can really be designed to be what you prefer it to be. Which reminds me quite a bit of Inception, right? So I think in some way, and what we're kind of getting at, it sounds like template realities and all this kind of stuff. I haven't read the raw love one materials yet. Raphael references a lot. It sort of seems like you get into a programming mode at a level. And even Bashar has talked about um, who's the channeled entity by Daryl Anka, who Raphael loves a lot. And I dig, I don't dislike him. Um, was talking about DMT. It's like, you know, some people go to f five, six, very few go to like seven kind of like, like programming mode and filtered mode. But um, in inception, the tricky part is like, yes, erect or Ariadne, I think her name is Ariadne. Um, is this chick who's like, oh my gosh, so I'm making this. Wow, it's way different. It's more about a feeling. It's not so much like descriptors, like when she's walking in the Paris cafes and all this kind of stuff. But simultaneously, and I don't know what your opinions on this are, um, it's almost a Watiko situation, right? Uh, in the sense that DiCaprio's character is like, 
I can't be trusted to make the dreams because what my subconscious has comes into play here and 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 Mal, basically his ex-wife or whatever, comes and fucks everything up. Um, so I think it actually, in a weird way, addresses these things. I mean, that's a 10-year-old film, so it's addressing the things kind of we're all we're discussing now in a very, you know, new-agey way or whatever, but it's like, you see what I'm kind of saying? It's like funny. It's like the precedent has been set as almost a predictive programming kind of thing, and now we're like discussing it, kind of like the Matrix had to drop for people to like think in those terms, and then Inception had to drop for people to think in these terms whatever culture is going to come up is going to keep programming us, which gets tricky because you were saying you don't want to watch a whole lot of uh, stuff without, you know, being discerning garbage in garbage out as a McGee and me Christian show from focus on the family used to say, I grew up on this shit. It was like garbage in garbage out. You got to be careful what you put in because what you're ingesting is actually affecting your reality. We are what you eat in a sense, right? Uh, Culturally and otherwise in a Marshall McLuhan sense, it's like the media is the message. What messages are you telling yourself? Or choosing to experience my thumb didn't slip. My phone is getting old. We could talk for another couple of minutes because um, the next guest said she's kind of running a little late. I don't know if that means five or ten. What's your time kind of like, Thomas? Do you think you're cool with talking for another couple? Yeah, I got a couple couple more. We could we could chat for sure. Word. I, I, we won't get into like you know major major stuff, but um that's it seems like yeah it was like these are the best of times the worst of times like strange stuff is happening but we're willing and able to meet it head on and this is kind of the gauntlet we've set up for ourselves in order to like lift our foot we've talked about it with manly b hall where um basically this whole adam and the cabalistic apotheosis or whatever he has where it's like oh satan fuck you i see you for what you are and you've always made me like been my adversary and stuff and then this serpent turns into an angel and is like actually i'm the functional fulcrum of what would make you react in such a way to lift your leg up onto the next step of evolution so um you're welcome in a way but that's a very you know weird <laughs> yeah, way to Jim, look at it. So, yeah go Jim, for it. you're welcome so uh, yeah. basically thomas uh, if you operate we'd have a question by one of our listeners if if you'd like to do that Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, Anya. Welcome. Go ahead. Hi. <laughs> I sit here on fire with my mind. Uh, good evening, Thomas. <clears throat> A question I would not say. So it's um, sorry, Raphael. Uh, when I listen to you and when I listen to other people, I uh, for. In a moment, I can see pictures, or I have a complete download for from a text. And um, <clears throat> short to your uh, what what you are telling here about manifestation with a job, I write on the site that manifestation alone is useless when people, for example, get a telephone call and don't pick up the phone. So uh, we can manifest, we can make a manifestation in many ways with money and, and all that. But if we don't see the sign, then it's it's gone. <laughs> we must make yeah, it like again. We have to seize the opportunity. Thomas, what do you think? Yeah. So I tried many ways. And uh, so it's always the same. I get a telephone call, for example. Can you can come down? Can you cut my hair? Can you color my hair? And my manifestation was I need 50 uh, euro. And when I'm done and did my job... Um, I get my 50 euros. So, but if I wouldn't be there and pick up the telephone call, my manifestation would be over. 
so that that the picture that was the reason why I asked Raphael for to, to, for joining. I saw a picture. It's nothing to do. That Corona mask is like a sign to shut up, to stop talking. We have nothing to do. Karma, that karma is a lie, that we have to heal something, nothing. We had, have only to shut up our mouths and stop talking. And we, when we stop talking and stop listening to other people, we stop thinking other people's life, we stop manifestation. And if we do that for three days, it's like three days darkness, like Ilmaya said. It's the same like the three days with Jesus Christ. If we can do that all, and the only what we're talking and thinking, it's what's needed maybe for a doctor. But that's all what is to do for three days. And then start thinking new, with new words, with new version of thoughts. So a complete new thinking. But the world needs that three days for last sentence. Like Joe Dispenza say, when he gets out of his body, his body say, yippee, he's gone. We can do our job. So the picture was, shut up, stop talking, stop thinking, stop manifestation. Because we manifest, we make a manifestation with each word. That was a picture in the text oh, that I saw. Just briefly, this is the Hanged Man episode. One, I mean, that's Odin on the tree of Idrisil for whatever, like nine days without to get his eyeball or whatever the heck the Norwegian story is. Um, but the idea also is that man on the tree is Jesus in that sense. So it's like there's this thy will be dunning and submitting to the circumstances and being quiet within that and surrendering, like we've been saying, uh, that you're kind of alluding to, it sounds like. And when you do that... Um, as Radiohead would say, it's like everything in its right place. It's all good. We just have to get out of our own way in some some way. But anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt um, Anya if you want to keep talking, or Thomas if you wanted to respond. I think it's good for Thomas to comment. Yeah, I I, I wasn't. Um, I just like to clarify that um, I'm not necessarily a big proponent of consistently trying to manifest all of these different things and um well aware that you know one of the one of the things that i help people uh dial into utilizing uh human design is the idea that uh in our throat right we have uh, a number of different gates that are active in our throat and through understanding what gates we have in our throat and how they operate we can understand how we do manifest things just by speaking about them. And so there, yeah, there's the, the throat is the center of manifestation. So we're like constantly uh, manifesting things by, by speaking. And so, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, I'm not necessarily a proponent or trying to push everybody just going out there and manifesting a bunch of things or, or something like that. Um, it's definitely always with discernment. And I feel like what you're saying about the, the three days of silence, you know, it's, is a, a beautiful thing or three days of, 
uh, kind of death and rebirth, if you, you want to look at it that way, it's um, that also there's so many different traditions that that concept comes in or that that practice comes in with. It's like even uh, Montak Chia, however you pronounce the last name exactly, uh, he has the darkness retreats that he does in in Thailand where the person goes for three days into 100% total darkness in silence for three days. And after, you know, let's say 24 hours of complete darkness, then uh, the brain is naturally converting its, its uh, melatonin into DMT and then eventually into NNDMT. Uh, which is the, uh, or I'm sorry, 5-MeO-DMT, which is the God molecule. And so I feel like that these periods of complete and utter kind of like feminine silence, uh, chaotic darkness are, are, are definitely necessary at times. And uh, I feel like that's a beautiful thing that you, that you shared. Thank you for that. That Montauk Chia, and I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. I don't care at some level it's like i'm not a legalist um the idea with his methodology sounds like a, a sensory deprivation take meets of a pasta or something like that totally um and then i mean i it, it's it's interesting that you brought that up too because there have been multiple uh kind of different flavors or angles of that idea of the three days of darkness uh that have that have come in this year um, I know earlier, speaking of, I think, Jim, you mentioned like QAnon or whatever, uh, there was, uh, that was part of something to do with QAnon earlier this year around, around Easter. And then uh, there's been multiple things that I've seen around that being something that potentially comes in uh, for December 21st of this year, that uh, a three days of planetary darkness type of uh, situation or something. And I've seen that coming through in multiple different explanations of like, uh, some sort of project blue beam thing, some sort of alien, uh, or the sun being blocked out. Uh, I've heard a bit talked about as like a internet darkness, some sort of like solar pulse or something where all internet and communication goes out. And, you know, I, I feel like that's a really beautiful angle that you've shared on it is, you know, the idea of why not we could do that each as individuals, it may not even be something that needs to happen the entire planet or like all people all at once or something It could just be a beautiful individual practice and kind of like an inner uh, darkness slash um, communication outage for three days to to do a total reset. I feel like that's a, a great practice. Yes, that's maybe, but um, so what I can see is when we stop doing it for three days, mm-hmm. on one side, on ourselves, we can say our, let me say, inner child starts to get a bit crazy, so there is no animation program, so it's for them dark too. But <laughs> what I really saw is when we when we can do that, we have many stories that not all 
on earth are really people. I have no idea if it's true or not. But what I saw is when we do it, it's that manifestation in that way, they are gone. It's like you can say, um, if you think mm. you don't know, your neighbor maybe, let me take that example, maybe your neighbor is not a real person. It's only like a hologram. Mm -hmm. And if you stop thinking him, if you stop seeing him, at first you stop, you start to stop thinking him. And when you stop thinking him, that hologram is, is gone. And mm -hmm. so on the end, we have left only real people. And all mm -hmm. that, what is mm -hmm. unreal, what's not true, it's, it's gone. It's dissolved. Sorry, my English is not perfect, but I, I think you, you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. It's 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 kind of like a quantum detox in yeah. a lot of ways. The way you're talking about where, you know, just like any other, uh, just like any other toxin or parasite or uh, something of that nature, is yeah, it's like, and it's also it's like a reverse manifestation in a lot of ways too. It's like uh, because all this whole thing is powered by each of us as individuals, our energy. And so by kind of art of war style, cutting off the supply of food or energy to the, the thing that is no longer desired, then it just ceases to exist because it doesn't have any, uh, has nothing to keep it alive anymore. I mean, that's yeah. like Neo with the bullets, right? Where he's like, no. And he kind of just like decides in a very instantaneous way to, deprogram the ability of what he presupposed those bullets to be able to do to him you know there is no spoon or whatever so it's just like fuck it no um or whatever he's also reminds of. me of like you know that pulse weapon that they have where like all of a sudden all the machines like oh emps yeah electromagnetic yeah, pulses it's kind of like that right and that's exactly i think in some way because this gets really surreal and i don't want to get too paranoid about it i mean we don't have to or we can or whatever but it's like um because this gets kind of into like um uh, the idea the meme that was going around a few years ago was like um npcs right non non-person players or whatever non-person control mm -hmm. plays so it's almost like golem holographic golems or something it's like maybe you're interacting with things because you're feeding it the energy and if you didn't feed it the energy it would like she's saying evaporate or you would shift to a timeline where it's not necessarily impactful in the same way um i would be careful and you know projecting at who is real who's not that can kind of get dicey or whatever but i think what she's saying is really maybe judging that way it's more of just like defrag your mind to the point where you kind of reset like you were saying a quantum uh detox and then that which remains is um it's like the philosopher's gold you're going to have what you need at the end of the time at, at the end of that kind of um mode Jim, it's really with unreal and real to uh, have to do. It's the same. Let me make it short. We have that, that story with that Andre Nogrom. We have that story with many other crap, with uh, children misused and all that. But why? And we're feeding those and stories into existence. Not only level. that. Why? This is a thought behind all that is only one thought, and that is really old. As long as you not be being born from up, that in the Bible, if you're not enlightened, well, enlightenment, 
you are not a real person. You are only like a hologram, like um, a living organ organism, but nothing is inside. And as long nothing is inside, the meaning mm -hmm. is a soul, for them it's okay sorry, to fuck the children because it's only an empty body. It's okay for them to do whatever they like because God made that empty body for them to play. And that is mm -hmm. the meaning behind all that crap what many people talking about. And that meaning, that thought is so strong in them. They believe it so strongly on that way, they think whatever they do, it's okay for God, it's okay for all. The only difference is we don't know that. We don't know that they think that, that they have that belief. But we can find it in the Bible, we can find it, and they say it. Uh, that's the reason why. And as long as we don't understand that and can um, see it from that perspective, and maybe understand them a bit more, as long as we cannot handle right. Like I said, golems, but like in yeah. a, um, Full Metal Alchemist, which I just finished, it's a really good show, even though it's for kids. Same thing with Last Airbender and all this kind of shit. There's good shit out there for kids that if you want to grok stuff, you can. Uh, binge-worthy, I would say. But there's something called a homunculus, which is actually a very alchemical term, where it's like this is a, a created thing without a soul. <laughs> and it has all the you know animatronic kind of convincing behaviors and, and maybe even words or whatever like smith is a, a homunculus in that sense maybe to put it into context a little bit um because i can kind of see that you know then you could say some are not human some are reptilian some are just holograms at, le at least again just presenting my view everyone's a hologram you know <laughs> everything is a hologram including you and me and uh, i think we would just uh ascribe or describe some individuals from certain perspectives to be like non-player characters or uh, you know like they say programmed or like a program but that's just because you know they bought into whatever belief system have been forced upon them through traumatization and have not yet reached the appropriate uh, hacker rank to log out of at least some of this system and start reprogramming themselves but to me that doesn't mean that they're not human doesn't mean they're not equally with, you know, soul and divine and consciousness equal as everything else. It's just that they've chosen certain experience where they manage, in a sense, to make their own light pretty dim. But, you know, also this apparently has been part of the exercise upon this plane uh, for the past few years. And, you know, we're also here to change that. So it's a interesting process uh, to observe and participate in. You totally leave right. Yeah, so well, it's I mean, like, just, just on being that so note, fair balanced. <laughs> something that I've I've definitely ran into a number of times is you know exactly what uh, what Rafa is talking about with there being it's essentially you know it, the way that I was speaking of things kind of at the beginning of the show about our light, our energy, our sexual energy, our uh, you know soul, so to speak, all these different. Uh, terms for this like energy that we each as individuals have the more and more that goes into these different traumas programs conditions all the things that Raphael was just talking about we essentially our energy becomes 
those programs and then it's just running and it's essentially a non-player character because in order to be a playing character we have to be able to tap into our own energy as creators uh and there are certain characters where so it's almost like sorry just briefly there is a player yeah. in the quote-unquote flesh suit but since he's utterly determined by his circumstance and instilled beliefs it's almost as if he wasn't there, although he's still there. That's kind of my... Yeah. Well, it's totally. like the scene from The Matrix where they're walking around and it's like, you see all these people, they're still fucking plugged in. We have a quantifiably different ontological perspective, i.e. we took the red pills, so we're unplugged. They're still plugged in. They'll still do whatever for the system. They'll die for it, whatever. And it doesn't mean they're not worth saving because it's the whole mission. They're like, let's unplug everybody. But at the same time, it's like these people can be possessed by smiths, like, you know, the helicopter pilot and all this kind of stuff, like where they fractal out and then turn into a smith. It's like that it's a cautionary tale, right? It's like, let's not judge and like go kill everybody. It's like, these are the people you love, but at the same time they can be overcome because their vibe isn't so high or they're not woke or however you want to fucking qualify it. Um, they're not in such a place where they can maintain their own frequency. The whole point of the people who have taken the red pill is they have reestablished their own frequency there. You know, it's like they go find him with a Nebuchadnezzar and they're like, Oh shit, there he is. We see him on the pinging bacon because we know his frequency. And once you have like your independent frequency outside of that matrix, you're not beholden to it. You can't be possessed the same way, but people who have not gotten to that phase, whether it's their permission slip choice or whether it's their destiny or karma or who knows, I mean, this is the mysteries of why, like who knows, but like they're still hackable and maybe can be used against you. Like what she was kind of saying, but I just don't love jumping to the paranoid. Like, I mean, I don't want to go on a crusade being like, let's go find all the vampires or whatever. It's like, okay, I think the inner work (laughs) is necessary or whatever. Yeah. And also, uh, Thomas, uh, before you comment again, uh, I think you really explained it well, even in terms of the internal alchemy, even in terms of substances, like like you said, how many people are constantly on adrenaline, potentially, you know, oxidized in a strange way, just meaning they put themselves under too much stress, or, you know, all these other strange emotional states that create certain chemicals and so on. And to me, it really is like as above, so below. So whilst I see the and I actually consider it important to look at all these things neutrally and not say, oh, it's all just fear-based. Let's not give it any attention. So this, this is the same way that fears can perpetuate by not looking at them. Uh, however, doing that, of course, then it brings you back towards your inner state as above, so below. And then you just look at yourself like even chemically, alchemically, spiritually, health-wise, whatever. How are you treating your own body? And what I always like to mention, because I think just it is so perfectly honestly, perfectly fitting. Uh, If you want to resolve all of these, even just potential issues of abuse on any and all levels, uh, especially of, let's say, quote unquote, children, though we're all obviously children of someone, at least God, I would say, uh, source, then I would really ask everyone uh, whether they can completely seize and desist with any type of abuse that they themselves are applying to their own inner child. And uh, my uh, assumption or conviction or logic says that when that step is taken, all of that will cease and uh, will never come back again, basically, not on this timeline at least. That Sorry, total life. little technical. <laughs> You're cool, <laughs> I, I keep like, he's, playing a non, with he's, the, the... he's a non-person player. He's fucking with us. He's an agent. 
No, but the, so yeah, I mean, a hundred percent the, the, the inner child, really the way that I, one way that I like to describe the inner child is their magician, because it is that point of light that looks at this experience as play, you know, as, uh, you know, this sort of video game let's say but in this playful sense of like this cosmic kind of womb like video game with the divine or, or with god or something like that and it's that spark within that gives us the ability to be tapped into bliss that gives us the ability to tap into our abilities as co-creators is the ability to nurture that inner child and that's that's the that's the whole point of the process of going from the disconnection and into uh, the adulthood or from the caterpillar into the butterfly. We the caterpillar has to digest its own body in order to become the butterfly. And for us, that is a process of going through an alchemizing, digesting and processing these traumas so that we can get back to that inner childlike source that really empowers the the phoenix butterfly body of the of the you know the the alchemized you know higher dimensional human i guess you would call it whatever you want to call it but there is the there is gifts in that process as well and that being said i also want to just really uh thank Anja for, for her, her share, because, you know, part of what we've been talking about this entire uh, show, right, with I referenced at the beginning, is the collective kind of like, feminine psyche leaking out in those things that we talked about in Hollywood and whatnot, and the opposition of the you know, how that is the dichotomy of that manifesting as government and the way that that extra controlling mechanism is coming in, right? So we have that, you know, out of balance feminine and out of balance masculine, right? And talking about manifestation is a very masculine type of process or something, right? So I just want to say thank you to Anja for really bringing what I felt like was the kind of feminine antithesis in a way to manifestation, and I personally, uh, now that is brought to my attention at some point this year, uh, actually want to, you know, bring myself through that process. I'm not sure what that's going to look like yet, whether it's going to be outside on a mountaintop or in my bedroom or uh, what it's going to be. But um, I love the sort of counterbalance to manifestation and then kind of like reversal, dark feminine womb detox of manifestation so just to kind of like bring it all full circle i feel like that's really amazing that's what's up um i guess we could kind of end it there uh thomas i want to have you back on there's a bunch of shit i still didn't address that i want to talk about maybe like star seed stuff uh, any just there's a lot of things so you're one of my cool. favorite people to get on here uh we'll we'll figure that out but thanks for giving us some of your time and your insights today your energy uh hopefully you stay hydrated are there any kind of uh, – we're going to put your links in the comments or whatever section, so uh, if you want to plug that, you can. But is there any kind of parting thoughts? 
Oh man, just my usual parting thoughts are just, I'm always grateful for, for you guys for hosting and for anybody that has decided to share a moment in their timelines with us in this kind of ceremonial type of uh, experience of coming together and sharing information. And uh, yeah, to, like you said, uh, interstellar.net or soulmapping.life. And I have been uh, working with uh, basically developing a process where I incorporate a lot of these different types of practices and wisdom and, and things like that into working one-on-one uh, -on -one with people over the long term. They can check that out at interstellar.net forward slash starseeds. Word. And I think that's um, a little spelled not uh, oddly or something. So we'll make sure people. I-N-R-S-T-E-L-R.net. Yeah. So we'll put those links. Um, and yeah, thanks again for giving us your time. Uh, as a double Gemini and Venus and Gemini North Node season, it's like you were saying, it's all about the inner child having play. Um, yeah. But we also have to have some kind of level of sympathy for ourselves and others, which is kind of one of the reasons I alluded to it earlier lyrically, but I figured a good outro would be uh, David Bowie's Oh You Pretty Little Things. Um, because guess what? <laughs> we're just running around being little fucking kids on the playground and let's not forget that but also at the same time we chose to be here to do this now so enjoy the fucking ride guys yeah thank you thank you so much uh for asking and commenting anya thanks as always jim thank you for joining tonight thomas and yeah catch you all next time enjoy yourselves i hope Radio -talk.